Hello, it is Sunday, September 1st, and this is Lens Music Memories. On today's show, we're going to take a look at two soundtracks from Quentin Tarantino movies, Pulp Fiction and Kill Bill Volume 1, as well as go over some music history and some birthdays. So let's kick the show off now. On this day, September 1st, in 1957, the Biggest Show of Stars Package Tour kicked off at Brooklyn Paramount featuring Buddy Holly and the Crickets, the Drifters, the Everly Brothers, and Frankie Lyman. In uh, 1962, Tommy Rowe went to number one on the U.S. singles chart with Sheila, a number three hit in the U.K. The record was a re-recorded version of a song that was first released in 1960 when Rowe was part of a group called The Satins. In 1966... The Who single, I'm a Boy, entered the UK chart, peaking at number two, giving the band their second number two hit. The song was originally intended to be a part of a rock opera called Quads, which was to be set in the future where parents can choose the sex of their children. Uh, 1966, The Birds played their first of an 11-night run at the Whiskey Agogo in Hollywood, California. The Whiskey Agogo opened in 1964 with a live band led by Johnny Rivers and a short-skirted female DJ, spinning records between sets from a suspended cage. When the girl began to dance during River's sets, the audience thought it was part of the act, and the concept of go-go dancers in a cage was born. In 1967, the four Beatles held a meeting at Paul McCartney's house in London to decide upon their next course of action following the death of manager Brian Epstein. They decided to postpone their planned trip to India and to begin the already delayed production of the Magical Mystery Tour movie. They have two songs already recorded for the movie, Magical Mystery Tour and Your Mother Should Know. In 1976, the year I was born, Wish You Were Here was close to spending one year on the UK chart. Pink Floyd's ninth studio album had been premiered at Nebworth on July 1975 and was released in September that year. It was an instant success, with the record company EMI unable to press enough copies to satisfy demand. The artwork for the album package was once again created by Hypnosis Team, who created a series of tableau based on absence, including the empty gesture of handshakes. Uh, in 1977, Blondie, Blondie, featuring former Playboy Bunny, Deborah Harry, signed their first major record company contract with Chrysalis Records. In 1979, U2 released their very first record, an EP titled U2 3, with an initial run of 1,000 individually numbered copies. The tracks were produced by the band with Chase DeWiley and was available only in Ireland. Uh, 1983, Mick Jones, lead guitarist with The Clash, was fired by the other three members who claimed he drifted apart from the original idea of the group. In 1984, Tina Turner, after a 25-year career, uh, finally had her first number one solo single in the U.S. with What's Love Got to Do With It. This song was originally written for Cliff Richard, However, the song was rejected. It was then offered to Donna Summer, who has stated she sat with it for a couple of years but never recorded it. In 2000, the Spice Girls had five places in a list of the UK top 20 earning celebrity directors. Monster Productions, Emma's, Emma, Moody Productions, Posh, Red Girl Productions, Mel C, Money Spider Productions, Mel B, and Jerry Productions with about £6 million each. Uh, what else we got here? In 2007, Supergrass was forced to put all plans on hold after band member Mick Quinn broke his back. The bass player and vocalist sleepwalked out of a first floor window of a villa where he was staying in the south of France. He was rushed to a specialist and uh, surgeons operated to repair two broken vertebrae 
as well as a smashed heel. In 2009, Echo and the Bunnymen, Jack Brockman, former keyboard player with the group, was killed when his motorcycle was in a collision with a converted ambulance on the Isle of Man. In 1989, the band's first drummer died in a similar crash. In 2011, Billy Joel Armstrong was thrown off a Southwest flight because the singer was wearing his pants too low. A flight attendant had approached Armstrong and told him, Pull up your pants or you get off the plane. Later, Southwest spokesman Brad Hawkins released a statement saying that the airline and the Green Day pop star had settled the differences. And in 2013, more Beatles news. Classic Beatles albums finally went platinum after British Phonograph Industry, BPI, changed its sales award rules. Gold or platinum status has become synonymous with record success, but the system has only been in place since 73. This made Sgt. Pepper's a triple platinum album, having sold more than 900,000 copies since 1994. In total, the album is estimated to have sold 5.1 million units in the UK since its 1967 release. The album's Revolver, Help, Rubber Soul, and the White Album also had platinum status. In 2016, a blue plaque marking the first home of Freddie Mercury uh, arrived in England and was unveiled by the Queen... What? A blue plaque marking the first home Freddie Mercury lived in when he arrived in England has been unveiled. The Queen frontman moved to the semi-detached home in Feltham West, London after his family left Zanzibar in 1964 when Mercury was 17. Alright, we're going to get some birthday news now. Uh, 1933, Conway Twitty was born. Uh, Twitty held the record for the most number one singles of any act with 55 number one Billboard country hits until George Strait broke the record in 2006. Twitty, who scored his first number one in 58 with It's Only Make Believe, died on June 5th, 1993. And for all you disco fanatics, 1946, Barry Gibb, singer, songwriter, producer of the Bee Gees, uh, number one single, Massachusetts, 1970, UK and US, number one single, uh, Saturday Night Fever, plus over 30 other UK top 40 singles and nine US number ones over four decades. 1994, he was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame with his brothers. In 1997, as a member of the Bee Gees, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and received the Brit Award for Outstanding Contribution to Music. Uh, also born on this day in 1957 was Gloria Estefan. Um, singer of the Miami Sound Machine. Yeah. Uh, what, how many singles did she have? She had uh, 20 other UK top 40 hits, 98 US number one single, Anything For You. Uh, where else are we? Oh, yeah. Canadian uh, content right now. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember this guy. Uh, J.D. Fortune was born in 1973. Uh, he was the winner of the 2005 CBS reality television series Rockstar in Excess, and he became their lead singer for an album. Um, anyone else? No. Not anyone else. Worthy. Although 1976 year I was born, Baby Daddy was born. I don't know. I've never heard of him. So we're going to go to uh, our next segment in a few minutes. With uh, we're gonna, I'm going to talk about Pulp Fiction and uh, soundtrack and the Kill Bill Volume 1 soundtrack. And uh, yeah, we'll be back in one second. September 27th, 1994, uh, the soundtrack for Pulp Fiction was released a few weeks before the movie, which premiered October 14th, 1994. Uh, it had already won Best Picture at the 94 Cannes Film Festival. And uh, no traditional film score 
was commissioned for the movie, they just used an eclectic mix of rock and roll, surf, pop, and soul music for the album. Um, I just picked this album up at uh, Revolution Records uh, last week. Uh, it, it's a it's a great soundtrack. Um, all the music on it's really good. It gets you in the feel of the movie. Also sprinkled throughout the soundtrack are clips from the movie, um, different parts of the movie, like the, the very beginning of the album, uh, the pumpkin and honey bunny from the the diner, uh, right into Mr. Lou uh, song. Um, then you have like Jungle Boogie, Let's Stay Together, uh, Bustin' Surfboards, Lonesome Town, Son of a Preacher Man. Um, it's it's a great soundtrack. Uh, a lot of great music on it. If you've never listened to the soundtrack or you've never seen the movie, what are you doing? Go watch the movie right now. Pause this podcast. Go watch the movie because you'll hear all, this, all the music in the movie. and it's It just sets the tone and sets the, uh, the mood for the movie um, with a great mix of, of rock. Uh, there's a little bit of surf music in here, like with butts and surfboards. Um, even the Statler Brothers. Flowers on the Wall. Um, Bruce Willis is, uh, that's one of his better scenes in that movie. Uh, when he's going to pick up his watch at the apartment. There's no spoilers there. Just know that he has to pick up his watch at the apartment. Um, but yeah, great movie. Great soundtrack. Uh, and I think a future episode, I'm just going to do great movies with great soundtracks. I mean, there's a ton. All, all, I mean, most of Quentin Tarantino's uh, movies, the soundtracks are awesome. But another one that comes to mind is something like Forrest Gump where that movie spans decades and they pick the best song from all the decades to make up a great soundtrack. Um, be back in one second. We're going to uh, take a quick musical interlude and we'll talk about Kill Bill Volume 1 soundtrack. All right, Kill Bill Volume 1 was released October 10th in 2003 with the soundtrack having been released uh, September 23rd. Um, it was or organized and mostly produced and orchestrated by RZA of the Wu-Tang Clan, um, if you're familiar with them. Um, put a lot of work into this. But, uh, yeah, it's an, this is another one where listening to this album, I can close my eyes and I can picture the part of the movie that it comes from. Um, like The very first song on this album, Bang Bang, My Baby Shot Me Down by Nancy Sinatra. I mean, that, that sets the tone for the next for Kill Bill Volume 1 and Kill Bill Volume 2. Uh, just a, a really cool song for a really cool part of the movie. Uh, again, it, they've got some clips from the movie sprinkled throughout, and uh, it's, it's a great listen. Uh, there's some instrumental stuff on here, and as well as some originals from different artists, like Isaac Hayes, Nancy Sinatra, um, yeah, RZA and Charles Bernstein do a song crane slash white lightning um yeah it, it's a great album it's worth the listen and like i said just close your eyes you can picture the movie um just uma thurman gearing up for her revenge um so before we go this week um i want to just let you know that uh, i'm not only available here on anchor you can download um other apps um to listen to my podcast that you can you can subscribe on these other apps uh, not only to my podcast, but other podcasts you might like. Uh, I'm on Pocket Casts. I'm on Radio Public, Breaker, Google Podcasts, and, of course, Stitcher. So check the, all those platforms out. Um, find some other podcasts. Support other po uh, podcasts. 
support your local record shops, get out there, buy music, listen to music, feel the music, and I will see you again next time on Lens Music Memories. Bye.